You're listening to the Detroit Worldwide Podcast, where we highlight the stories of Native Detroiters that are doing great things in their community and using their impact across the globe. I'm Marquise Taylor. Welcome to the Deep. What up, though? Welcome to another installment of the Detroit Worldwide Podcast. I am Marquise Taylor. And on this week's edition of the podcast, we continue our acknowledgement of women in the field of art, sports, and entertainment. And setting things off for us this week is Blair Norman, who is coming to us live from Oakland, California. In this episode, you're going to learn about Blair's extensive career at Pandora Sirius XM and how she's been able to train and cultivate the next generation of leaders in the world of satellite radio. You're also going to learn about Blair's deep appreciation for the arts and dance and how dance in particular has allowed her to live a purposeful life. Blair is a longtime friend of mine. We go way back to our days as undergrads attending Wayne State University. She, along with her sister, Ami White, who we interviewed back in 2019, are two people that I hold in very high regard. So it was only right that we come full circle by highlighting Blair's story here on Detroit Worldwide. Now, all of that being said, you have heard enough from me. So why don't we dive into the discussion that I had with the one and only Blair Norman. All right, this is Detroit Worldwide. And today I have the esteemed pleasure of being joined by someone that I went to undergrad with back in Wayne State University. Our guest on Detroit Worldwide this week is Mrs. Blair Norman. And in this particular conversation, we're going to learn about her background. She is doing some amazing work at Pandora, Sirius XM. She's also a dancer and instructor, but most importantly, a wife and mom. I'm excited to chop it up with her. Blair, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. What up, though? Hey, what up, though? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on here. And as we learn more about Blair's background, we want to dive into the work that she is doing at Pandora Series XM. I mentioned that she is a dancer and she is currently residing in Oakland, California. So this is the first time we've had somebody residing from Oaktown. So (laughs) this is going to be fun. Yeah. For sure. Now, I do want to familiarize you with our listening audience. So why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself and all of the amazing work that you do. Oh man, I don't I don't know if I'm so amazing, <laughs> but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so who is Blair Dorman? Like you said, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a wife, I'm a mom. Those are like my big, you know, three roles in life. But professionally, yes, I am a corporate advertising sales trainer in the audio entertainment industry at SiriusXM by way of Pandora. And, and we can talk more about that, but 
I'm also, I, I like to call myself a dance wellness guide. <laughs> and I say that because, yes, you know, I teach dance cardio, but I've been dancing for a long time. I grew up dancing. I've had some wonderful, beautiful experiences that dance has brought me. And what I find is that dance brings me joy. So beyond just being a dance instructor, which which I am at Hipline in Oakland, but I try to find ways for people to feel good and move and feel free through dance. And so that's what I've decided to call myself. <laughs> also, you know, I really, in general, you know, just about me, like I really love, I love life. I love to laugh. I smile a lot. You can probably hear it through my voice. Obviously, I like to dance. I love music. I'm very empathetic. I try to be kind, all that kind of stuff. But I feel really blessed to work for a company that encompasses the things that I love. You know, way back at Wayne State, I was originally an English major. I was going to be a teacher originally. So to find my way back to adult learning through corporate sales training and be able to continue to dance, like I just feel like what more could I ask for, you know, and ways to make a living. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. And one thing that we're going to talk about is our connection to Wayne State University. Now, before we get started, I do want to ask you about Detroit. I interviewed your dear sister, Ami, who is a friend of mine. But what did life look like for you growing up in the D? Yeah. So life in Detroit, you know, it was it was uh, it was interesting. It was rich. You know, I, I, I grew up on the east side. I grew up on the east side of Detroit not really too far from the old Detroit City Airport. My neighborhood high school, this is the way everybody knows where you live in Detroit. My old neighborhood high school was Osborne. So I grew up there, but I, I didn't go to Osborne. I had to catch a couple buses all the way, almost downtown to get to Cass Tech. And it, it was rough because the winters were brutal. <laughs> I'll be out there waiting for those city buses that were not on time all the time and stuff like that. But it was great. I mean, it, I, you know, I'm talking about winters are brutal, but, you know, summers were so good. We we went to the beach a lot when we were kids out at, like, what was it called? Metro Beach. So we went out there a lot. And, I, you know, I played outside a lot as a kid. But, you know, the interesting thing about Detroit is, you know, I, I feel like we're full of a city of people who grind and who are really smart and know how to create opportunities for themselves. And honestly, I was no different even as a kid because I had several businesses when I was a kid. I was a straight up entrepreneur. I taught sewing classes. Like I knew a little bit about sewing buttons and stuff and I would teach kids to do that. I was a babysitter. I tutored when I was little. I had lemonade stands. I sold candy at school. Like, all of it. Like, I, I would find find ways to make money, bro. That's what you gotta, gotta do. Even when, you know, I was a young adult when I was in college, when we were, to, you know, in school together, I ran with my mom a small dance program. We had a summer dance program for kids when in the summer. And so anyway, a big part of my life in Detroit was entrepreneurship, knowing how to how to hustle and, and grind. And it was a lot of good times, even though we didn't have a lot of money. I had a lot of good times. I love that. And for as long as I've known you, I didn't know that part of your life. But that's the whole point of this podcast is to yeah. learn more about those backgrounds, especially growing up in Detroit. Mm -hmm. 
Now, earlier I introduced you as someone that is a dance instructor. I'm curious to know at what point in your life did you become involved with dance and who are some of your dance heroes or sheroes coming up? Yeah. Okay. So I started dancing through my church when I was a little girl, probably like around seven years old. There was a beautiful, graceful woman at my church. Her name was Gina Watson. I hope she hears this. And she started, she had a background in dance. She danced maybe when she was young. I don't, I don't really actually know when she started dancing, but she had a background in ballet and she decided she was going to offer it to us kids at our church. So I learned to dance when I was about seven years old. I had my little ballet tights and my ballet shoes and my little skirt and I don't know if people remember this, but there used to be this dance studio, which might be still there. You go on Warren right near Cashew, like kind of near Harper. There was a dance studio right on East Warren. You have to go up the stairs. Now I can't think of the name of the building, but people that know Eastside will probably know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I think it was our church or she did, but they rented like a little dance studio there. And I was, that was my first time being exposed to dance and ballet shoes in a bar. And it was just a beautiful experience for me. And I just continued dancing after that. And I got to do praise dance in my church. And that was a, a lot of that. But even at the Cannon Recreation Center, which was at like Finney High School, Winston Poe used to teach us classes. And there would be like 17 year olds in that class. And then me and a couple other people who were like 11. So it was like, you know, we were young uh, dancing with like older dancers, but we were getting good because we were so strong because there were older dancers with us. They didn't have like all these different age classes to separate everybody by level. And so I learned important technique through him and and all of that. And I got exposed to that young. And then I, I went to high school where Anthony Smith was our dance teacher at CAS. And that's where I learned about Alvin Ailey and the Dance Theater of Harlem, all these Black dance companies. I was exposed to the richness and the beauty of dance and how it could be an opportunity for a career if I wanted it. And so I minored in dance in college. I got to go away for a while, went to the Ailey School for a while in New York. And but I, I found my way, you know, through dance and it, it just always stuck with me. I did some some local dance companies while I was in Detroit, all kind of good stuff. But yeah, it started way back when I was like seven years old, you know, through my church. And that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that response. I love how in different stages of your life you were able to be influenced by different people. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that Detroit is synonymous with, we got cars, fashion, music, and a variety of other things. Mm-hmm. However, in my opinion, one thing that's very underrated about the city is, is arts and dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that. And in particular, what makes the art and dancing so special in Detroit? You know, I think it's a lot of things. So I'll start with this. So, you know, when people think of inner city, they always, you know, oh, the inner city kids that, you know, they don't have a lot of exposure, poor inner city kids. But that wasn't really the case with with Detroit public schools. Detroit public schools had dance programs. They had all city dance competitions, all city, you know, music band competition, you know, all kinds of all kinds of things young people were that were you know young people were exposed to and i personally believe that 
that is where the the culture begins is that the fact that and, and you know it, it, it may have changed since I was in high school it's changed maybe a little bit but the fact that young people are exposed to theater art dance music at a young age it instills how beautiful and how valuable art and dance and music are to people and even if you don't become a dancer or artist or a singer or musician or whatever it enriches your education your experience in life what you feel about yourself how having an outlet like all of those things so personally for me i think it's rich because it's valued at a young age the beautiful things that you can create we learn that that is valuable to us as a people in Detroit. And so we embrace our artists there. So I think that's why the dance scene and, and the art scene is so special. You know, I, I think about like, even when we look on TV, some of the, the actors we see today, they came from Detroit. Like people don't realize like, it's a, you know, it's a lot of people from Detroit that are doing big things in the arts today. And, you know, it's not, it's not always out there that that is the case. And so, and that also, the reason that is also true goes back to what I was saying about being an entrepreneur. Like, you know, the people, we grind, we hustle, and we, I think we know when we have something. You know what I mean? I mean, we, we know about Motown, but the truth is like that spirit of Motown is there within dance and art and all of those things. Like that ability to create that, natural talent is there and that's why you know people come and they see it they see it and they 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 see something beautiful about it when when they're here no i mean you're hitting on a lot of uh, good things because people don't understand the talent that comes out of detroit especially mm-hmm. in the art and entertainment scene and just the people i've interviewed on this podcast i mean it just has been so many rich stories but i like the fact that People are now starting to see that and that people like you have been a recipient of that and have allowed yourself to thrive and grow. Now, you and I, we got connected Wayne State University in the 2000s. We already kind of indicated the timeline, (laughs) but I'm curious to know. What led you to Wayne State? I heard Ami's story, but what about you? How did you come to Wayne State University? Yeah, so that's an that's an interesting story. So the truth is, you know, at the time when I was going to school, like, you know, both of my parents at the time had not yet finished school themselves. And I'm the oldest in my family. So like, <laughs> we, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing, like to get me to school, you know, and it was it was interesting. You know, it was an interesting pathway. I didn't really know where I wanted to go. I didn't really know what opportunities I really had. And so I went to a community college first. Like I didn't even start at Wayne State. I went to WC3D or whatever, mm-hmm. Wayne County Community College District first. And I was like, okay, when when I was taking like those entry classes, I was like, okay, I think I know a little more than this. I, I probably could get to a university, right? And what ended up happening was my dad got a role there, got a job there at Wayne State. And he was like, Blair, why don't you just come here to Wayne State? Because at the time, employees could give their kids like some type of re uh, tuition assistance or something like that. We There was some type of incentive. And I was like, okay, great. You know, that's, <laughs> that sounds just right. So it really was um, by happenstance. Like I did, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do yet. 
I knew I wanted to go to school. I knew I needed that to succeed. And so, you know, we were blessed. And my dad, you know, got an opportunity to work at the school and ended up there. And it was, you know, it was great. It was a good experience for me. Wayne State has people from all over. People don't realize this, but, you know, people that go to Wayne State are from all over. So you get exposed to people of different backgrounds, different cultures. It was a great experience. And at the time, when I first started, it wasn't like an on-campus kind of school. Like it developed into that. It was very much a commuter school at first. And now, you know, it's a, it has a very rich on-campus life and all of that good stuff. But yeah, that's how I found my way. Now, follow-up question to that. When you were at Wayne State, I know we have some of the same friends, but like what a community look like for you on campus? Yeah, so the, the biggest or the, the longest uh, community that I built was through the people I danced with. Even though I was a dance minor, I mean, I grew so close to the people that I danced with. And to this day, I'm still really, like, really close, like, sister friends with some of the ladies that I danced with at Wayne State. You know, Lauren, Terrainer, you may remember Lydia, Larissa. Yeah, so... <laughs> that community lifted me up and I felt, what's the word? Like, I just felt confident in that community. And so that is the community that, that continued to build me up even after school. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Shout out to some of those people. I do remember them and I am friends with a few of them still to this day. So long, so many memories, so many <laughs> memories. Now, speaking of dance, for many years, you've shared your passion for dance by taking on the role as an instructor. So that being said, what's been the most rewarding part of teaching? Oh man, let me tell you. I personally think like I was born to like uplift people. Like I'm telling you, like I get in this dance class and even if I was tired, even if I've had a long week, even if I'm not feeling well, it's like the energy of the dance studio and the people there just, it, it snaps me right to 150%. I personally believe that the connection between the instructor and the people taking class is very mutual. Like you give and take energy back and forth. And even though, and me specifically with this particular type of class where it's a dance cardio class, like my goal is to just make sure everybody gets their cardio in, right? But I, we laugh, I tell stories, you know, we sweat, we drink water, we doing all those things. And even during this pandemic, like we had to do it from home. I was in front of a camera by myself and I was just trying to make a connection to people at home. We made it and we're back in person now with masks and everything. But, you know, there's something beautiful about connecting with people through dance. And I feel like dance is like a gift that has been given to me as a tool to uplift people. And as much as I loved dancing when I was young and at Ailey and, you know, at school and really honing my craft, this is what has brought me the most joy because I'm sharing this with people who, you know, maybe have never taken a dance class before mine, or maybe they have, but they have found like, no matter where their background is in dance, anyone can dance. Anybody can feel free. Anybody can use dance as exercise. Anybody can use dance as a way to lift them up, feel good about themselves, listen to music, all those good things. So that's what I think the best thing about doing this is, is the 
mutual connection with people and myself and we just give each other that great energy and we that's how we get through our our hour or 45 minutes or whatever it is Blair I got to say before I get to my next question I love your passion it resonates throughout the screen is resonating as you're talking your words I mean you can definitely see the the connection between your passion for dance and just being able to uplift and encourage people and I like to think that you are living out your passion just in the, the responses that you've given now outside of dance you've been able to lend your talents and gifts to the world of Pandora and Sirius XM dating back to 2017 yeah. So tell us more about the roles that you held and what guides your work each day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So before I ever got to SiriusXM and Pandora, I was already in advertising sales. For many years, I did advertising sales. I did advertising client services. I dealt with clients. You know, I did that for a long time. But there was something special about when I made the switch to audio because for a long time it was more digital. It was, and I did a little ad tech before that, but it was all about, you know, advertising that was aligned with some type of content like news content or, you know, reading content, newspaper kind of content. So switching to a really a whole new form of advertising through audio, it was like a whole new world. I, I was almost starting from scratch, not necessarily because the ideas of advertising were still there. All the principles of media buying were still there, right? But audio, because I'm a dancer, because I love music, it just like felt like this is where I belong because the culture is all about music. And now that series XM bought Pandora, it's also about talk, you know, we also have Stitcher now. So this podcast, like all of those things. So this has really opened up my horizons about advertising in this space. People are so connected to what, what they're hearing, what's going on into their ear. So it's just a beautiful new experience for me in general. Now, I started in advertising sales as a client services person, like an account manager. That's how I started when I came to Pandora. Since then, though, because I had some experience in advertising for a while, I knew like there was something else. Like I knew I had more to offer. I just wasn't sure exactly what that was. And so I was trying to figure that out. And the great thing about the culture at SiriusXM and Pandora is there's always opportunity to learn more. There was a training team. And so I took a career development class. And after all that, I realized, oh, I know. (laughs) I could be a corporate sales trainer, which goes back to what I wanted to do all along. I wanted to teach, right? So it's a beautiful thing to take everything I've learned so far and be able to offer that to my coworkers. My coworkers are the people that I work with and I want them to do their best. And now I get to be the person to help them be their best at their job. So that's a beautiful thing. And the great thing about Pandora slash SiriusXM slash Stitcher is even though we have a long way to go, it's the first place where I felt I could be my authentic self as a Black person. It was the first place I worked where I really felt that way. And so I was nominated to be on the McKinsey Academy leadership accelerator and I'm almost finished with that. I got a little ways to go, but you know, the fact that I was nominated to participate means I'm seen. I serve as a co-chair on our diversity board for our revenue organization. So, you know, the culture is 
creating ways for BIPOC members of our community to rise up. And it shows that we care about having diverse voices in our business because the truth is music, we know that's a lot of diverse voices, right? Podcasts, radio shows, all that stuff is diverse voices. So you can't just have a staff that's not as diverse, right? So the fact that our company has made a charge to create that same that same atmosphere for our employees is is good. So anyway, what inspires me is the fact that I get to continue to impart to my own teammates and help them be the best that they can be, but also I have this other mission about creating diversity and building a diverse workforce while there. So it's a beautiful thing, bro. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I love that. And I am a proud subscriber of Sirius XM. So I am so happy to hear that response, just given that I've been with them for so long and the work yeah. that you're doing there. And I, congratulations on your advancement and your accolades and just the stuff that you're doing. I mean, again, you are living out your purpose and that's super exciting. Now, one thing in your response that I do want to follow up on and coincidentally, I had this question in advance. Last month, we transitioned out of Black History Month, but we celebrate Black History Month every day here on Detroit Worldwide. We're now concluding Women's History Month just the many women that we've interviewed, we celebrate that as well. So that being said, as a black woman from Detroit, what allows you to keep your head high? Woo! <laughs> That's a great question because that has been something that I had to continue to really help myself do that. Because you'd be surprised how much imposter syndrome will try to get you. You know, when you get, you keep continue to move up, you know you're good. You know there's a reason you're doing well, but ooh, I don't see a lot of people that look like me on this path. So am I, am I supposed to be here? You know, but what reminds me to keep my head held high is because I'm from Detroit, because I, I, I believe that in Detroit, we are unique because we as a people, especially Black people in Detroit, like, you know, there's a wide range of people in Detroit with different experiences, different economic backgrounds. And I believe that we were exposed to being the best that you can be growing up in Detroit. I really honestly believe that. And so if people before me can come from whatever challenges they came from and still rise up and be the best that they can be, I certainly can do that, right? So I have to remind myself like, you know what? Somebody came before me that probably had more challenges than I did. And now they're at the top and I see those examples. You know, who am I to, to say like, okay, well, I can't do this. Who's the, why, why can I, I don't, I'm not, I shouldn't even allow myself to say I can't. So as a black woman from Detroit, I keep my head held high because I want the people from Detroit to be proud of me. And I want them to see me as an example of, you know, another path that, you know, another Black woman from Detroit can take. Mm. I love, love, love that response. And 
just the people who've come before us and I live by the mantra, lift as you climb. Mm-hmm. And just as I think about my own life and hearing your story and the people we've interviewed on this podcast, I mean, we don't know who we're inspiring. I can almost imagine that when people hear this episode, they're going to be inspired by the stuff that you've been able to do. <laughs> but not just that, the people that you're working with, people in your family, I mean, you just, I love that response. I can't say it enough. So. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Blair, we are heading into the home stretch, and we are now approaching one of my favorite segments on the podcast, which is about music. You've danced for a long time, and when people come on the podcast, I ask them this following question. Mm-hmm. If they had to identify a song in their opinion that best represents the trait, what would that song be? I know that you love music. You've spoken about it throughout this conversation, but I'm curious to hear your response. So hit me. Okay. So... Okay, when I think about this question, it's hard for me to pinpoint one song. And that's just because, like, I like a lot of music and I don't think there's one song that really just, like, says, oh, that's Detroit. But I can say this. There are a few artists or sounds that I hear that always remind me of home. And one of them is anytime I get the chance to hear, like, an old like mix like that we used to jit to like any sound like that you know DJ assault anything like that I'm always like <laughs> okay home Detroit also like Anita Baker like my mom and my dad loved Anita Baker so I know Anita Baker's music my angel I apologize like I mean anyway Anita Baker always and then you may remember Kim Kim was real popular for a while still love Kim really great music anytime I hear that but the most recent artist that I hear that still makes me think of Detroit is Aaliyah and you know Aaliyah just recently her estate or her family or whatever started finally allowed like her music to be played on streaming services and so one in a million comes on oh man you know and I remember I remember where I was when they announced that she had died I was like at home. This was at my aunt's house. I, I must have been spending the night or something, but we were up on a Saturday morning. You know how it goes Saturday morning. Everybody got to clean the house. She was playing FM 98 WJLB on there. And unfortunately, they had announced her passing. Like, I remember it really well. We were all up cleaning. The radio was on. And I was like, oh my gosh, turn it up. Like, what what's going on? But it was so sad. But I love Aaliyah's music and... It makes me feel connected to home because of that that story for some reason. And also, y'all know Aaliyah went to school in Detroit for a while. But anyway, so I got several artists that remind me of Detroit, not just one song. <laughs> no, I love that. And what's interesting about your response that you named three distinctive eras because oh, yeah. you and I are around the same age. And if for us growing up in the 80s, listening yep. to Anita Baker, oh my goodness, like every yep. song that you just name, I just, I love Anita Baker so much, just like you yep. do. Mm-hmm. Same with Kim, I remember when his first CD came out and that song being on the radio and then Aaliyah, also I remember when she passed away, I think I was 17 at the time and it was just so much. I mean, yeah, she she meant so much, but those are three distinct errors, and I appreciate that response. And although you did not have a song, I'm gonna still allow that response. <laughs> I appreciate anyway, it. Anyway, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. So 
You mentioned the stuff that you're doing over at Pandora Series XM, but what is going on next for you and how can we as a community support the work that you're doing? Okay, cool. All right. So the main thing that you can support specifically women or people of marginalized genders can always join my dance class. It's virtual and in person. So even if you're not in the Bay Area, you can join my class. It's through Hipline. And yeah, that's the name of the studio. You can sign up for classes there. I teach a stretch and a dance cardio class. And sometimes I get to do pop-ups for special classes. So that is like, you know, the biggest biggest thing that I do that kind of is open to everyone supporting. In the meantime, you know, just pray for me so I can get through this McKenzie leadership program. <laughs> that's what I would say. But that's the, that's the biggest way you can support me. Join, sign up for my classes because I love it. And I think you would enjoy it. Or at least, you know, the women in would you enjoy it? Sorry, Marquise, you can't take a class. No, it's all good. I mean, we do have a lot of women listeners okay, who are fans of the podcast <laughs> or people of all genders. So we'll definitely uh, make sure they sign up for that. How can they sign up for that? And also, where can people find you in a social media space if they like to get in contact with you? That's if you'd like to be found. Oh, yeah. So my class, the website, go to myhipline.com. And you can sign right up for classes and everything and explains our program and what we do and all the different teachers, even if you don't want to take my class, you can do that. My social media, if you want to find me on LinkedIn, is Blair Norman. I do have my old last name, my maiden name, Parkman in parentheses for those of you who know me that way. <laughs> but Blair Norman um, on LinkedIn. And then you can also find me on Instagram, which is where all my... All my dance stuff is posted there. And then a little bit about my family is there. Um, my Instagram, y'all, you can tell I'm, uh, I must be getting old because I always have to look up my own stuff. <laughs> but it's Blair Marion on Instagram. All right. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. We make sure we get all of that in the show notes. All right, Blair, final question as we close out here. And that question is simple. What does Detroit mean to you? Detroit means home to me. Although I built my home for my family here in California, and although this is going to be my, you know, home to my son, I have a first home in my heart, and that is Detroit. And much of my family still lives there. So when I'm there, it's just like I'm right at home, even when it's like my home away from home, right? Um, so Detroit means home to me. All right. Sounds good, Blair. And thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Much appreciated. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know time zone differences can be a headache, but we were able to work it out. You made it work. Yeah, for sure. Much love to you and your family. We've been friends for a, a good while, a good That's while. Right. That's uh, right. People in your family as well. Shout out to your sister, Ami. That's a good uh -huh. friend of mine. And Thank you for doing this. This was fun. I enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I'm honored. Seriously. I, I, I was like, what? You want to have me on your podcast? So thank you for having me and much blessings to you, Marquise, as you do this. I appreciate that. Well, on behalf of Blair Norman, I am Marquise Taylor. This is Detroit Worldwide. And we will both holler at y'all on the other side. Peace. Peace. Loving what you're hearing? And feel free to visit our new website where you can listen to previous episodes, explore our black business directory, 
and also check out other content related to this platform. Head over to DetroitWorldwide.com to learn more. And if you're listening on an Apple device, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. This platform would not exist without your support. I thank you.